Welcome to episode 24 of Coffee and Tea with Dustin. Uh, Today I am with Jasmine Thompson, yogi from here in New Albany. We just finished a training session and we're chilling here in the garage enjoying some kombucha. How are you doing, Jasmine? I'm doing great. This was an excellent day. Yeah? Yes. I kicked butt today on this bike and now I'm drinking this. This is awesome. It's only 25 years. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. That's great. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't that chipper after they get off the echo bike. <laughs> well, I was a little nauseous, but I feel better. Yeah. Refresh. It's, it's potent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you like the steel mace training? Yes. That was um, intense. It's a different way to figure out the muscles that I'm using, you know? Oh, yeah. You're using everything with that. Yeah. And you're getting coordination. And then, like, the deceleration, like, we were doing a ballistic curl to a squat and decelerating the mace when you catch it from throwing it from hand to hand. I mean, you're getting a lot of work in there, a lot of bang for your buck. I can see through each exercise, I'm just focusing on my posture, how I'm handling the weight, um, and ensuring that I'm using the right muscle, you know, for the exercise that I'm doing here. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of deep concentration, you know? And I think that makes it, um, I guess, the, the exercise more intense as well. Because you're just... Oh, yeah. You're so in tune into that moment, you know? Right, right. I think it's a little more intense than yoga. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. It's a similar thing. Um, and it's a great way to increase intensity on your workout is by the, the complexity of the movement. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be like loading weight on a bar or going heavy, you know, you can, you know, make it this intricate movement, a complex pattern where you really have to focus your mind and get that same satisfaction, I think, as like kind of loading up on weight or something. I feel it. But I dig it. You're showing me that for sure with different, um, postures and utilizing different kettlebells or different types of these weights, how you can still go for that intense workout that you're aiming for without adding that extra weight yeah i mean the heaviest weight you used today was 25 pounds right and that was i was sweating (laughs) (laughs) i was there was some sweat just going off my forehead here yeah i mean it's work you don't need much with with this type of training these tools yeah and after seeing like your before and after and just knowing that this is what you did to get there did a lot of different stuff, though. Please cancel um, your memberships. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, cool. I, I appreciate the the uh, compliment. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I trained different things, though, too. I did a little bit of boxing mm-hmm. at one point and a little bit of, like, uh, more conventional training, like mm-hmm. bodybuilding-type training. Mm-hmm. And then I just got more and more into the kettlebell until that's what really helped me keep a sustainable oh, okay. uh, workout practice, though, was because it's more enjoyable, I think. It's, mm-hmm. more, it's like, fun. It's kind of like performing an art rather than where a conventional workout for me started to feel like factory work like mm, you gotta do so many of these and this and there wasn't nothing there wasn't anything artful about it anymore or creative so mm. that's why i like it i i can dig that yeah. i can see how you would feel that way because yeah. like um from years of working out and still not at the very results that i would like to be I could see the frustration or what you're feeling. Yeah. I can understand and relate to that 100%. And you used to be an uh, athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like basketball and... Um, well, marching band, I don't think you count that as a sport, but that's... it's Wearing that heavy outfit outside in the heat and playing an instrument, that's 
hard. Oh, that's athletic. (laughs) That's a lot of lung power right there. I used to see the band when I would go to football in the summer and see the band out there in the parking lot grinding all day, and I was like, that shit is no. (laughs) I mean, it was you know, that's hard. I it's similar to like when I was in the Marine Corps, we'd do drill in Mm -hmm. boot camp where you're marching with rifles and doing different maneuvers, marching, and that sucks. Yes, I would. I hated that. I hated it. I would rather gotten beat up or something you know? <laughs> so like band is legit yeah it's like marching it's band marching band yeah, yeah that hard. is hard because you are you're out there in the heat all day oh crazy dog <laughs> but um but yeah you're out there in the heat and you know if you mess up like you said in drills you gotta do it all over oh. again oh and our color guard was horrible but anyways <laughs> but yeah like that and boxing and so you box too right just for a little that's right yeah. where'd you go um, Dixie, um, uh, Derby city, Derby city. Yeah. Nice. On Dixie highway. Yeah, that's where I trained too. That's right. We talked about that. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I did. But like, like I said, because I was doing it for fun, I don't like being yelled at. Don't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a pro. Yeah. Coach me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, what about you? I know you said you really loved it. I did. I, I, I really enjoyed it for about a year mm-hmm. and, uh, it was fun. I needed it at that time in my life. I was like, I just moved down here. My brother just died. Um, I was just dealing with a lot of like rage, you know. So I was like, went to the boxing gym and got it out. And you feel a lot better, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with issues of anger or rage and it's just the meditation's not working for you, the yoga's not working for you, and you just need to release, go somewhere where that's like an acceptable you know, go down to the fighting gym and, mm-hmm. and do some responsible sparring and, and, you know, get it out. Beat the hell out of a bag, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? You feel, it makes you feel better, and it's great exercise. Because, you know, you didn't take it on somebody who didn't deserve it. Exactly. Because exactly. that's exactly what happens. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And, yeah, right, because, like, you can only meditate and do so much yoga because that anger is just, like, it's, it's still there. And I don't know if that's just because of people when we deal with grief, if that's... Just something we got to learn how to deal with, that anger. I think it's just, a, from what I understand, it's a stage of, of the process. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it is. I think it's temporary, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you just got to get through it in the most productive way you can, I think. And if that, things that helped me, meditation was huge, mm-hmm. uh, working out, whether it's boxing or kettlebells, just some sort of intense physical exercise mm-hmm. consistently helped me out a lot therapy helped me out a lot um i did i was on some psychiatric drugs for a while and that did not agree with me i'm not against that you know mm-hmm. some people need that to function and that's you know hey you do what you got to do you know but for me it, it made me worse i feel like but mm-hmm. meditation and working out kettlebells boxing um i didn't start doing yoga till about two and a half years ago oh, really? and that's been tremendous as well I just didn't have it in my toolbox at the time you know mm-hmm. but you know funny I actually first got exposed to yoga at that boxing gym really yeah but the, did Carrie come teach a class no <laughs> but it was like the two coaches that were there they're not there anymore this was back in 2013 mm-hmm. I loved them but they they were great and the the very first class I went to, we, you know, it was like a fundamentals class. We boxed, we did some drills, we did some conditioning, and then we did yoga at the end. And I had no idea even what we were doing. I thought we were just doing some stretching routine, but they were guiding the breath. It was yoga. And I was like, and it felt Great. amazing, especially in contrast to that high intensity, sympathetic drive, like that fight or flight. I mean, if you get that in any kind of training, you're going to get it in like 
striking arts, you know, mm-hmm. where you're boxing each other, to quickly downshift and just start stretching and breathing and doing yoga, it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, oh man, like what is this, you know? And then I kind of started putting two and two. I'm like, oh, we're doing yoga. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just so uh, ignorant to it, you know, that I didn't even know what I was doing. But that was the first time really that I actually had a taste of it. And when I think back on it, was at that boxing gym. That's awesome. Yeah. Look how they just yeah. opened your world. Oh, totally. Right? Totally. See, okay, so I went to Derby City. I was 18, so you went 2013. Mm-hmm. I was, so it was 2008 when I went. Okay. And so I was fresh out of high school. And it was um, high school, coming out of high school and going into college, that transition, um, realizing what how world really works is really scary, you yeah. know? And didn't know where to turn. And, like, um... At that time, I didn't hear about yoga, you know, and I was angry anyways with life. So I went to boxing. I went with a friend. His name is Rishon. He's gay. And he was like, yeah, we could go. And so we're in there. He's just throwing punches. And they're asking him if he's like a professional fighter. And he's like, no, but he's all hyped (laughs) about it and stuff. And so he didn't even sign up for the class. Like, I'm the one who signed up. And he's like, no, I'll come back with you. And he never came back. So I stuck out and took the class. And he never came back for a second. But I did. I really liked it because it was the fact that, um, like you said, you're getting out that anger and that aggression. And at that time, I was just in a state of confusion. Yeah. And I was just angry because I was confused. Yeah. Because you couldn't make. I just couldn't make sense of anything. It was like I, too much. Yeah. Like I feel like I wasn't prepared by my parents for what the real world was like, and then I was upset with school because I'm like, you told us a whole bunch of crap, you know, as yeah. far as how the world functions. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was a, an awakening there. Yeah. But uh, when I got introduced to yoga, it was from my great-grandmother. She used to, like, make um, quilts on the floor. Nice. And so as she would make the quilts, she'd have PBS on, and there was this Asian lady who would be on this big old boulder just contorting her body in all these different ways. And Granny has her mat out. She's not trying to do none of these moves. She's just sitting on the mat so she can lay her patterns out. And she's looking. (laughs) She's like, oh, that's nice. Did she ever try to do it? No. no. She just liked to watch it, just had it on. Just like watching it. Oh, wow. So I would try to do it. It's like um, what we call is plow pose. I like that pose. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. But she, the lady would do that. And I'm like, oh, Granny, look what I can do. And she's like, girl, you going to hurt your neck. <laughs> Quit doing that. And that's where my interest for yoga grew. Yeah. And that's where she planted the seed. So I was very grateful. That's you know? great. It's cute. It's do cute. you think of her when you do yoga now? Or, like, does it ever, does that come up in your mind often? Yeah. It does. Because, um... The only reason why I say that is because before she had passed and before my fiance had passed, they passed two months within each other. Oh, wow. And that's what I was preparing for was for her departure. And I'm, I'm telling him, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, we got to get the hospital and the bills and, you know, thinking of that. And he's like, it's going to be fine. But I was venturing into yoga. Uh, we had a book fair at college, and I was going to school to be a therapist and um, or a children's therapist. And they had a yoga book of all the different postures and things. So I grabbed it, thinking I'll just try it at home. Yeah. And well, Devers was watching me do it, so I quit doing it because I was like, "Quit watching me!" <laughs> like it's nervous. Self conscious. Yeah. 
And then, so when he passed, then she passed, and then my friend told me, um, I have a friend who teaches uh, on Monday nights, you should go. And I went, and it was like, I felt like a new person. It was like a, such an energy shift, and I had never felt like that from like leaving church or a revival or you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. I felt that way from just this yoga session. So I just knew, like, I got to keep doing this. I have to keep at this something's right you yeah, know totally. so and then here i am that's a great practice isn't it it's beautiful it's I, really the, and i think you just hit the nail on the, on the head you know when i started getting into it too it's like you couldn't really put your finger on it and if someone asked you like well what'd you do you're like well did some, we stood on a foot and stretched and kind of contorted a little bit mm-hmm. and did some breathing and laid there and you know she read from a book and <laughs> You know, you can't really, it's like, it's hard to describe what it actually is, but there's a distinct feeling from, if you notice how you feel going in and how, then you notice how you feel when you walk out of the doors, I always feel considerably just better. Mm-hmm. Just, I just feel better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's, you know, it's healthy and it's safe. And man, if you can find something like that, that's a gem in this life that's healthy and safe and like makes you feel that good, you mm-hmm. know? Um yeah. So I know what you're talking about. It's like shedding skin, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's a good analogy. I felt like I just shedded a new layer, you know. And especially going through this teacher process, I just feel like I'm shedding old layers that aren't beneficial for me anymore. Yeah. You know, old thinkings, all that. Things you just really didn't pay attention to. Right. And you're just like, oh, do that i need to stop that yeah, <laughs> yeah. someone's just noticing you know you're like or just asking why like why do i do that or mm-hmm. a big one for me was uh i used to be a real angry person just you know just mad about mad at the world mm-hmm. and uh i started asking myself you know why am i mad about this that or the other and a lot of times it was something that was a reflection of like something that it was actually that i would do or like it reminded me of some part of me that I didn't like, you know what I mean? And that's why I was mad, you know? It's like it's like the old thing that people used to tell you when you were a little kid, if you're pointing your finger, you're like, you got four of them pointing back at you. <laughs> it's so true, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you forget about that as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find yourself, like, pointing that finger in rage, maybe kind of think about, have you ever done that? Or, like, you know what I mean? You're probably pointing... At yourself, <laughs> you know. I can I can say that like this weekend, um, it was a moment I had with my mother from my childhood. Um, my mom told me the reason why she didn't want to throw me a party is because she didn't plan, and she just wanted to be good. She wanted to make sure everything was perfect. Um, growing up, that's what I heard a lot, and being the oldest, you hear that like, you know, this is going on, so you have to be understanding and so forth, so forth. Um, but as a child, it just made it seem like I wasn't good enough to have whatever it is that she was saying that I I could have. But it just wasn't the right timing. Yeah. Um, so as an adult, when she told me that, I had that same feeling. And um, I had to acknowledge it and check it within myself and realize this is not what she's meaning. This is what she, she means this. So she's not saying you're not worthy or that you, you don't deserve it. It's just her situation um so yeah you know right right like if you were taking it personal 
all these years and it's not. It's not. I, I uh, read this quote from this great Buddhist teacher. Her name's Ruth King. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, you know, life is not personal, perfect, or permanent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's so potent man. and true. You know, and I, you know, I heard, I heard someone else say, you know, take, take um, somebody or something that happens to you in your life as personal as you take the weather. Ooh. You know, you don't take the weather. It was raining today all day. Like, did you take that personally? No. I didn't either. You're not like, I can't believe that the weather's doing this to me. You know what I mean? It's we, raining on me again. But we do that with, with, every, with other things, and it's really the same. It's just... That's just what's happening, you know? Perception. It's not a personal It's not a personal thing. Nothing is. Yeah. I think I just read that. Uh, I was reading that in Patanjali. Or maybe it was the Paths of the Sutras. One of those books. They kind of intermingle. They start to blur. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's, it's... You have to think about that in every situation. Like, I, with my friends, they have kids, and I have to try not to take that personal. Because I'm a single woman, and... Everyone is married with children or they're married with a significant other. So it's easy for a single person to be like, oh, they're just ignoring me. Oh, they're just, you know. And it's, no, they're busy living their lives. It's not you. Right. You know? It's not personal. It's not personal. It never is. It's Mm -hmm. never personal. And then now that I do that, it's easier for me to build with these relationships because on my end, I know where I mentally was wrong and put myself in the proper place. Um, But it's harder on their end because they're not in that same, I guess, personal development level to witness their bad habits of perception. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're probably overwhelmed with trying to, you know, handle the kids and and a job and a household. And, and I mean, a human being can only... Handle so much. Exactly. Mm -hmm and focus your attention on so much I mean it's kind of hard to like Mm -hmm. work on self-improvement when you're I don't know chasing around three kids you know what I mean and a husband yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. exactly I can honestly say that um it took the losing of my fiance to realize I need to take care of self and that's it sucks that you have to be isolated to understand that but we don't embrace solitude anymore that's yeah, true um we want to be included so much because we don't want to be alone i feel like that we're just so afraid of that solitude of what could happen if i'm alone um and i feel like honestly solitude is where i found my beauty yeah. i found my truth i found my creativity um i found me you know and i don't want to lose that right you know yeah. That makes sense. It does. It does. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, that makes sense. Um, and you kind of hear a similar thing about people that start uh, a meditation practice of just sitting and observing your thoughts, and observing your moods, and, you know, just, you know, the what you would call the four foundations of mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. So physical posture, uh, physical sensations. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts and feelings, emotions and patterns as they're arising. If you just start to notice those things and not judge them, you know, as you're sitting in meditation, like a lot of stuff comes up, you'll start to notice, wow, my mind's been repeating the same old, like this broken record of this self-talk or like this anxiety about the future or this, 
mm-hmm. you know, this thing that happened in the past that I've been hung up on for, you know, however many years or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, that's not, you know, you start to realize that that's not you. Yes. You know, those, those thoughts and those feelings and emotions you've held on to, it's, it's not you in, in quotes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just this record or this movie that's kind of running in the background. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, through sitting meditation, you can start to see like, oh, I have a choice of whether I'm going to watch that movie and fall into it and like I have been, or am I just going to observe it and let that pass because I know a new thought or a new emotion or feeling will come, mm-hmm. you know, as they do. But, some, but, you know, you have to, you have to practice it or you have to be in solitude or sometimes you have these life jarring events that kind of forces you to do it to do it and, and come to a better a better spot of like taking care of yourself like you were talking about um what how'd that start so you you lost your fiance and your grandma and in, in within a couple months. months span that must have been devastating it was three it three was three months well no it was three people it three was people him and then my great-grandmother and then my mom's dad okay and um i i I'm survivor mode, so it took a while for it to hit me. Um, so because I was still in a state of confusion, like in this big old gray fog, the world didn't seem like it was really existing. Like I knew I was walking around in it, but I didn't seem like I was a part of it. You feel like dissociated. Make- yeah, it, it's it's so weird. Um, it was like a dream, literally, like living a dream, and. Um, I had one bad night of drugs and alcohol and it was strange because I was heading home and my car hit the pole and how it hit, like it hit my side, Yeah. but I wasn't injured. I didn't have a scratch. I mean, the, the whole side was all okay. The whole side, uh. <laughs> like, I, I got out on the passenger side and I'm looking around waiting for the police to come. Like, I just knew I was going to jail, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm looking around and I'm looking around and I don't hear any sirens. I don't hear anything. And I call a friend and the friend answered on the first ring, which this is a friend who I never really even called. So I was really surprised. And they came and got me. And I was just like, I live for a reason. I live for a reason from that. And I was like, I don't know what my purpose is, but I need to figure it out and quickly. (laughs) So, and that's what it was. Cause I I told my friend, I was like, this is what I just did. And she was like, you got to get it together. And I was like, I plan on to, I was like, I'm just telling you this because I couldn't believe that I did it, you know? And then that's when I started the road of self-discovery. And it wasn't even that I went searching. I said it. And then I went to the gym and I met my mentors. And then I went to another friend and she's like, go to this yoga class. And I went, it was not me technically searching. It was me making that decision. I'm done with this. Right. I'm going to make a change. And then it was like, God, the universe, whatever you believe, heard it and said, all right, here I am. Here. Started you, revealing itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And um, so that's why I believe everything happened how it was supposed to. There's just yeah. no way that it, it, it could be any other way. Right. You know? Yeah, it's hard to accept that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every single thing, good, bad, neutral, horrible, tragic, in your life, up to this very moment brought you here, mm-hmm. you know? 
and that's just how it is. It's just like, you know, you can wish you, you know, something or another happened, but if this would have happened or that, but that's, that's just fantasizing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, it's beautiful that you, like, just accepted that, like, it's such a hard pill to swallow, like, this, this just is reality, regardless of what I think it is or should be, it's what it is. And, you know, making that decision to then shift and be like, you know, I'm on the wrong course here. Yeah. And just turning it around is massive. There's so many people that just stay in that mode of thinking. They know. They're like, man, you know, I used to weigh 280 pounds, we were talking about before. And, like, I, it's not like I didn't realize it. And I just, you know, it's like a, a train that you're trying to stop, you know. And finally, when you can pull that break and be like, you know what, I'm going to work out for five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I first went and bought a 35-pound kettlebell right before I went to this training out in uh, Baltimore for my old uh, job. And I was going to be out in Baltimore for, uh, I think it was 12 weeks, 8 or 12 weeks. I was living in a hotel. And I just carried it up and down the stairs in the morning. I'd just walk up and down the stairs with it. And it was like, you know, I weighed 280. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. But just that little thing, you know. Yeah, just like you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym. Oh, wow, you met some cool people, you know, you get, got hooked into yoga. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And that's awesome because yeah. it's the little. Yeah. You don't see like that little makes a huge difference. Years. Absolutely. Um, uh, the Magic of Thinking Big. Have you ever read of that book? I haven't. Um, it really just helped me realize that I was just aiming for the top of the trees and never for the stars. And um, because I didn't think the stars were achievable, you know, like I said, in my perception as a child, when I was told, you know, wait, wait, I was thinking I wasn't good enough. And now I'm a dog. I know that's not it. My perception, I'm good enough. I can I can aim higher than what is the eyes can see. And now I believe it's attainable. It's like I'm going for it. You know, I'm going for it. And I'd, I'd rather go for it and die trying. Absolutely. Then to stay consistent for 40 years yeah. in the same place, you yeah. know? And you see that, I think you see that a lot in this area where people just stay, they stay comfortable. And I, I see a lot in the whole world, Yeah. <laughs> but I, I see that a lot with people, especially like my neighbors, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be stagnant. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, retire from my job and just settle for the grandkids coming over and things you know yeah i said i want to let's go to italy and stay there for a month or learn a new language absolutely you know i i I totally understand what you're saying um yeah yeah just just making that step because it's scary you know it's scary for people to change and and uh to grab onto security and things that they know or things that they've been told they should do exactly you know Mm-hmm. Um, so where's where's uh, the path? Where do you project that it's going to wind up for you? I mean, you're in yoga teacher training now. Mm-hmm. You're swinging kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let me tell you. No. Where, do you have a particular goal in in sight, or are you just just free will and Bob Dylan going for it? I really want to open up my own school. I think I, I mentioned that to you once. I don't think so. Maybe not. April Fool's then. It was that one time in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, maybe I just forgot. <laughs> but um, so literally, uh, I want to open up my own school, uh, a monastery. Montessori. I can't pronounce it Montessori. right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know. Montessori? 
Montessori? Montessori? Montessori. I think. I think that's how you say it. You have to say it slow, in my opinion. Then I may like, have never said it right. There's several words that Chad looks at me, and he's corrected me a million times. I'm like, I'm not changing it. <laughs> like, it's that's in my just vocabulary. How I say it. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be water forever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, right? Okay, so right. You know what I'm saying. That's all that matters. You got the sense. That's right. <laughs> right. But, like, um, I do. I want to open up my own private school. And I want um, for children who have been labeled with mental disorders and um, who live in poverty, I want to teach them how to control their minds, how to meditate, because they've already experienced trauma. And I don't want them to grow up in life holding on to that trauma and then trying to figure out how to fix it as an adult. You know, I want to teach them, let's try to figure it out as a child realize that you can change and it's okay and there's nothing wrong with you and you're still awesome and amazing you still have purpose and build that child on their traits because i don't agree with every child needs to learn the same or be taught the same or no because every child has different capabilities and understanding things and um, how they comprehend it's all different so it's not fair to force a child all children to do that um especially these type of children who have gone through trauma yeah. so um i definitely want to help our future so I'm, that's I help awesome our kids. that is fantastic thank you that'd be so that's so cool that's such a honorable and noble uh goal to have um i think you're right though i mean our our current system is um set up where it's like kind of it's old like it's setting us up like like you said everyone's not shit you're trying to force some uh round pegs in a square hole sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that uh, Montessori uh, kind of model where they kind of just, like, let the kids kind of figure out what they gravitate towards, and then they're like, hey, go hard on that, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Which is kind of how you should do it, I think. I went to a uh, Dharma talk down at the Drepung Gomong uh, Buddhist Center in, in Louisville, uh-huh. and uh, this guy's name was Suhas. I can't remember his last name, the teacher... But he was talking, it was a comparison talk about Hinduism and Buddhism. And he was talking about how in ancient India, um, they used to, the caste system that's there currently kind of came out of a previous system that was more like that. Where it was like, you kind of, you know, if you gravitated toward being a carpenter, or gravitated toward being a, a scholar or an intellectual or a priest or whatever, that they kind of just allowed you to Gravitate. pursue that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know, it kind of got corrupted, whereas now you're born into a certain caste, and, like, mm-hmm. that's where it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It was the same idea, where it's like, why would you force somebody to be an engineer if they don't want to be an engineer and they don't like math? You know, they're going to be miserable. Even if you're successful... Um, you're still going to hate it. You're still going to hate it, you know? Uh, and then what are you teaching your children? Right. You know, you're just teaching that cycle of unhappiness... Um, and that's not healthy at all, at all. Um, because then right now you got to think when you come home, you're not happy with your job. So you're probably not happy in your marriage, you know, and then you're not spending enough time with your kids. Like it's just a, a trickle down effect. Yeah. And that just goes on in that where I'm learning. I feel like generational curses is sincere. You know, when they say that you're going to bear the, the curses from your fathers. Yeah. If they don't fix that shit. Yes, you are. (laughs) Excuse my language, but it's true. If if you don't see those toxic behaviors or habits, yes, you will carry those on. And then your children will carry those on. It's just nature. Yeah, And I feel like we can't stop it because that's not how our society was created. 
I mean, even the Romans, if you even think about the artists, Michelangelo and all them, um, like you said, they, they became pupils under individuals because they had a passion for it or they had a desire, a connection. Yeah. And they lived with these individuals and did it every single day. And now they're, they're known as the greatest because of their passion. They stuck with their passion and they weren't thinking of the money. Right. They was doing it for the love of it. And if we just did things for the love of it, I feel like our world, our society, our even our laws would be totally different. It'd be extremely Absolutely. different. Absolutely. If we had like a fundamental like shift in our culture because there's a there's a false belief I think in our culture that money or materials equals happiness and it, mm-hmm. and it absolutely doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the old traditions, religions, philosophies, they all say this, you know, but it's true. And it's been studied now, you know, I mean, yeah, if you're don't have a roof to sleep in at night and don't have a bed and don't have a car to get you around mm-hmm. and you make some more money and you can get those things. Yeah. That's going to make you happier. <laughs> yeah. You know like, I, mean? I love this. Right. <laughs> But above and beyond that, it's diminishing returns big time, mm-hmm. you know. And so if you're, if you're, you know, toiling away at something that you hate just to make money, you're going to be miserable even if you're successful with the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of millionaires and billionaires that are absolutely miserable. I think people have achievement and fulfillment confused. You know, like yeah. I want to achieve these goals. And once I achieve this, I want to be happy. Right. I'm like, I'm going to have everything. Everything's going to be amazing. But no, you're talking about just achieving a place, a place in, in class or a status or whatever. But you're not talking about anything internal to really create that happiness internally. Right. So, no, you're not going to be fulfilled even once you do achieve that goal. Yeah. Because you didn't do anything internally to Absol- back it up. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's like the, I like to play the game and then what? So think of something you want, you I know, like say like just something simple. You're like, man, I sure would like that, that new, uh, you know, that new Ford Bronco that's coming out looks pretty sweet. Man, I'd love to have that. Mm-hmm. That looks so cool in my driveway. Well, then think about it. Okay, you got it. And then what? All right, well, you're driving it. Then it's just a car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, if I had this job or, or that, well, and then what? Mm-hmm. And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And then you die. Yeah. And it's never happiness. It's never, once I get that job, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm making good money now. But, you know, if I, if I made, like, a little bit more, if I made, like, 50K more, man, then I could get that boat. Then I'd be, then I'd be happy. And that's, it's a lie. You're, it's never happy. Mm-hmm. Never. It's just more. It's like a when's an alcoholic have, you know, when have they had enough drinks? Never. never. It's the same mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like an addiction, and it's not happiness. Um, man, that was a great talk. I think so too. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we're drinking uh, kombucha gingerade by GTs. I'm definitely um, getting some more. Oh, they're so good. And I hope to continue to do this. Yes. Uh, yeah. As long as you invite me. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. I'm, this is great. Um, if you're interested in group classes, I have one at Four Barrel Fitness from 8 a.m. to 8.30 on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's called 4B30. Go to 4BFit.com. I have a live streaming class uh, through Inner Spring Yoga. Go to isyoga.me, click the shop tab, and then click Inner Spring Yoga PE. It's live streaming. You can access the recording for 48 hours so you don't have to work out live with me. 
Um, it's a great complement to yoga if that's what you do for your primary movement practice. And I also uh, personal train uh, individuals in small groups. Uh, the schedule is pretty full right now, but if you're interested in that, uh, hit me up on text or Instagram at Holistic Personal Training 812 or text me at 812-461-7273. Is there anything you want to promote or throw out there, Jasmine? I just want to promote Destin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's all. Where can people, do you want to put your Instagram out there where people can find you? Oh, yes. You can contact me at jazzy underscore by underscore nature at, um, on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook following at this time. I'm only a one social media kind of girl. Uh, I'm right there with you. Right. I will never be going back to Facebook. I'm a monogamist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just can't do all that. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste.